Hey, this is Pastor Ty, and we want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction today. Uh, when you hear this message, we want you to know that we've been praying, and praying that your faith will grow and be encouraged and challenged, and we really want you to know that we, we love that you're here. But what would help us is if you would subscribe, rate this, review this, and, and share it online. You can also help us by partnering with us. And a lot of people call Cowboy Junction home that attend on our online campus. But when you join us financially, you're really being a part of the team. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com backslash give. And uh, that'll help us so much. Uh, thanks again for being here and hope you enjoy this message. Well, y'all, Monday night, I'm so glad you're here. Um, this, you never know on the summer. You really don't. But the faithful ones are here tonight, right? Y'all are the best. And if you didn't just say amen to yourself being faithful, shame on you. Okay? That was a golden opportunity to go amen, even if it wasn't true. I set, I set the tee up and you should have swung at it. Uh, tonight's really cool because tonight is the last night in a series that we've been on called Reading Your Bible for All It's Worth. We, that title came from the title of one of my favorite books. It really is. And let me just tell you something I've said over and over again. Uh, this Bible will be the greatest book you ever read in your life. It will, honestly. The greatest book you'll ever read in your life. But if this book helps you fall in love with this book, then this book could actually be the second greatest book you ever read in your entire life. That's how cool it is. Um, it's an easy to read book, but beyond that, the reason I like it so much is I love the author. Um, when it comes to Andy Taylor, who pastors in Sarah, Oklahoma, at Trinity Fellowship, uh, he's, my, he's one of my go-to pastors. Whenever I'm studying and preparing and, and getting ready, and I really want to narrow this down to the heart of God. I want to make sure I go in the direction of, of what is God? God is love. What is God? God is grace and God is truth. And, and if I if we'll narrow this down to, I want to make sure I'm doing what I need to be doing for our church to grow. I always call up Andy and bounce some ideas past him. And he's guaranteed always going to be that, that voice that always looks at the Father's heart. And that was not, just not a way I, I was raised. I wasn't raised that way. And this has just been a great relationship for me to kind of always steer in that direction. He's a phone call away. He's a great friend. He's the kind of gentleman I want to grow up and be when I, when I grow up. He's just cool that way. Um, you're in for a treat tonight because this is going to wrap up our series in um, reading your Bible for all the worst, for all it's worth. And um, what he's going to talk about tonight, we didn't plan, but it couldn't have been a more perfect message for anybody in the room that you just want to hear the voice of God in your life. What is Scripture? It's God's Word. He's speaking life through people's stories, through things that He has said. But today he's going to talk about a balance, and I'm not going to ruin it by telling you what it is all about tonight, but there's a balance between what God has said and what he is saying to you. And, and what is that balance? And this, it couldn't be a more perfect wrap-up for today. At the end of today's message, these books are going to be available, and they're a great addition to your library, I promise. So would you guys give it up to one of my favorite humans on the planet, Pastor Andy Taylor. Thank you. I appreciate that. Ty's being kind. I call him a lot more often than he calls me to pick his brain. appreciate uh, that nice introduction. It's good to be here tonight. I enjoyed being here yesterday. you got a great group of people here, great family. You know, God's not looking for a congregation. He's looking for a family. Right. If he's looking for something other than a family, he'd have called himself something other than father. Amen? Right. So that's who he wants to be to you. Um, give you a quick little testimony um, about myself. I grew up on a ranch up in the Texas Panhandle, a big town called Allison, Texas. Y'all know you've all heard of that, right? Yeah. It's uh, not far from Canadian, Texas. And uh, I was in the, kind of my claim to fame, I was in the largest graduating class that ever graduated Allison, Texas. Fifteen. I was in the top 15 in my class and uh, just barely. 
didn't grow up in church. In fact, uh, I laugh about it, but God somehow blessed it. Is uh, every year my dad would give the preacher in town a beef or a half a half a beef or a beef, and I thought, heck, we're good with God, you know. But uh, we didn't grow up in church. By the time I was thirty, I'd probably been in church maybe fifteen times, counting funerals and everything. And uh, but I come to a place in uh, nineteen eighty four on November the seventeenth. Uh, my marriage was over with. There's no way it's ever going to work. Married my childhood sweetheart. Had uh, two little boys at the time. And uh, you can use your imagination. I had about every problem you can imagine. And I just made a drive from Elk City, Oklahoma, just with just 60 miles across the Oklahoma line from where I, I lived. And I cried as hard as a man can cry for those 60 miles. And I got home and I walked in the bathroom in my house and flipped on the light. And I looked at myself in the mirror, and I hated everything about me. And I had great parents, uh, knew right from wrong, was raised up good by good parents. And uh, still crying, I went in on the edge of my bed, still sobbing, crying. And I prayed the most profound prayer I've ever prayed in my whole life, even to this day. It wasn't very professional sounding because I hadn't had a lot of practice, but it was a prayer that went word for word exactly like this. God, if you're out there, you've got to help me. And he did. Things didn't turn around overnight. It took a long time. And I tell people when I tell that story, I said, uh, there was a couple of my problems God did fix overnight, an addiction problem. But most of my, my other hundred problems, or maybe more, he didn't fix overnight. In fact, some of them he's still working on. Amen? He's, he's long-suffering, as the Word says. But when I tell the story, I say, I'm grateful to the, to the Lord for fixing that one problem. But I'm more grateful to him for not fixing all the rest of them because I think it would be like I'd been my, my, the 10 years prior to that. I said yes to the Lord at a countywide crusade in Wheeler, Texas uh, in 1974. I was rodeoing at the time. I didn't have any Christian friends. Nobody's fault by my own. But I got off away from the Lord again, and I'd only call on the Lord when I'd be in trouble in my life. And I call that now, when I'm looking back, I, I had a disposable relationship with the Lord. When I'd be in trouble, I'd holler, I'd holler at the Lord. When I'd get out of that jam or whatever was going through in my life, I'd move on and, uh, and wouldn't give God the time of day. But I got in that place where I couldn't get out of, and uh, God had no good reason to rescue me, but he did. Amen? He's a rescuer. Okay, so last Sunday, this is the last time, last night, to end the series, Reading Your Bible for All It's Worth. Um, I saw the need... <clears throat> Even in my own church, I said uh, that probably 75% of the people in my own church don't really know how to read their Bible, or their testimony goes something like this. I try to read the Bible, but I don't understand it. How many of you have had that testimony before? I try to read it, but I don't understand it. Or I would read it more if I did understand it. Well, in the Bible Belt, we have this mentality that, you know, I wrote a blog a couple of years ago called The Bible Belt, The Land of Never Enough, because I hear it all the time from people. I don't read my Bible enough. I don't pray enough. I don't do all this stuff enough. And we have this mindset that uh, we got to do a lot of those kind of things to be pleasing to God. But how many of you know that God has handpicked you as a son and daughter, and he's already pleased with you? Yeah. And it doesn't have anything to do with your conduct, amen, or your behavior. Well, he likes good behavior. But God doesn't bless you because you're good. He blesses you because he's good. Amen? So uh, I saw the need for that, and I talked to some of my pastor friends, Ty, the first one, matter of fact, and I said 75%. He said, oh, I think it's more like 85%, and that's what every, most everybody says. So I hear that testimony all the time. This book is written in such a way, it's written for uh, people who don't like to read. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a reader. I've always liked to read. I I uh, credit my first and second grade teacher and my parents for that. I still love to read. I've probably got nine or ten books going right now that I'm reading uh, uh, at, at the moment. It's, usually, it's that way all the time. I enjoy reading, but I'm finding out a, a lot of people don't, especially men a lot of times don't like to read. How many of you men really don't like to read? You don't take the time to do it, you know? So, so this book is written in such a way, uh, the longest chapter in here is three pages, and it's concentrated information. It's really, really simple to understand so anybody can understand it. Um, I was thinking about when uh, when I started developing my love for the Word, I'd go up to a little town of Allison. I lived 10 miles north of town. And when I started going to church about a year after that prayer on the edge of my bed, 
started going to church. I just I thought all churches were alike. I had no idea. And I just picked the Baptist church. It turned out to be a good a good thing. The pastor there took me under his wing. I, I uh, dedicated the book to him, if you read it in the, in the cover there. But uh, I'd go up, and I'd, I had all kinds of questions. I didn't, have, I didn't hear all those Bible stories that everybody else knew about, about David and Goliath and Daniel in the lion's den and those kind of things. And I'd go up, and I've had, I'd have all kinds of questions. And uh, he would, here's how he would answer me in a big, deep voice. Well, Andy... Let's see what the Word says. We'd sit down at his big table. We'd open our Bibles, and he'd direct me in the Word. I had no idea how that was imprinting me for the, and how it was going to help me the rest of my life. So the book is written for people to cause people to get in a mode where they love to read the, the Word. They get fed when they read the Word, and they don't read the Bible because they're under some kind of condemnation that they don't read it enough. They want to go read it not just so they can do the checkbox, and I've got that off my back today, and I don't have to do that anymore. So I want, I want you. So my goal tonight is twofold. Here's the title of what I'm going to teach tonight. The delicate balance between what God has said, the written word, and what he is saying. How many of you know that God's still talking? Yes. Amen? Hey, even if you don't believe that yet, say amen, because when you say amen to that, it, it's, it's a yes in your spirit, and it gives the Holy Spirit permission to begin to expound that to you. Amen? Well, Jesus said it this way. You decide. My sheep know me, and they hear my voice. Amen? So I tell people a lot of times, if, if you're not hearing God, um, problem might not be on his end. Amen? Yeah, it might be somewhere else. So my goal tonight is twofold. One is for you to agree with me on the importance of the written word and the need for you to learn to read and enjoy it. This book is only important if you think, unless, if you think this book is important. Like Ty said a little ago, my second goal is to stoke the embers in your soul, in the soulish, your soulish rim, so you'll make hearing God a top priority. So you have, the, so you start to develop to develop that delicate balance between what He said and what He's saying. Amen. 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 I thought my mic went off there for a minute. Couldn't tell. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you. So we get done a lot quicker if you'll say Amen. Because if you say Amen, I'm thinking you're getting it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Let's, let's, let's go. Here we go. There needs to be a balance, okay? There needs to be a balance between what the written word said and what the Father is speaking to you. We really need both. Right. And they need to be in balance. If you only have the written word, now there will be haters because there are a lot of haters out there. And there are, there are people out there who will tell you that what I'm saying tonight is heresy. But you have a responsibility to make your own mind up about those things and not buy into anybody else's mindset about it. Let's grow up and be real uh, mature believers about it. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> if we only have the written word, we have the record of the things that God has done, but we could be missing out on the things that he's doing and wants to do and wants to say now. In fact, I've got one of the chapters, one of my favorite chapters, and it's, it's one of the most more controversial ones, but it's, a, it's a, ch a chapter titled, All Your Answers Are Not in the Bible. That's challenging to some people, uh, but God wants to talk. He still wants to speak to us, and I'll, we'll talk about the ways that he speaks to us in just a minute. If we only go on what he's saying and not use the written word, We'll miss the stability, the sureness, and the correctness of his word. We'll talk more about that in a minute. I talk a lot about relationship with the Father. One of the little, you ought to, you ought to grab, uh, grab onto this little saying. We say it this way at home. God is what he is. Father's who he is. Right. Say it with me. God is what he is. Father's who he is. Amen. And the second little part of that's equally important is most people know that God is a father conceptually. We know the concept that God is a father, our heavenly father. But you've got to be careful that not to just know him conceptually, but because God wants us to know him experientially. Yeah. There's a difference. There's a difference in knowing that God is a father. So we say the second part this way. First thing we say is God is what he is, father is who he is. The second thing we say is knowing he is father is not the same as knowing him as father. 
Amen? Did you get that? Knowing, knowing he is Father is not the same as knowing him as Father. He wants you to know him, and we'll talk about how you do that. So if we only go on what he say, we'll miss the stability, the sureness, the correctness of his word. Um, now more than ever, we need people who have a love for what's written and a zeal for what he's saying. And I would say, just to, just to dovetail off that prophetic word for this house right now, those things are, are they're always important, but they're, they're extra important for this house at this particular time. People who have a love for what's written and a zeal for what he's saying. The written word, God has given us the written word, and it's the very first chapter, really, in the, my book. It's a, t- a chapter titled, All About the Encounter. But God give us the written word, this, this book, Holy men wrote as the, the Spirit of God gave them utterance. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. God did that. But it's given to us and done in such a way for us to lead us into an encounter. That was we were just talking about a minute ago. Lead us into an encounter with God. Bill Johnson says it this way. We live in a religious culture that values knowledge over an actual encounter with God. And I want to speak it in this house, that in this house there will be, be people who value the encounter of, with God more than anything else. It's the encounter with God. It's that coming, uh, understanding him as your father, coming into your sonship, because the Bible says that all of creation is eagerly awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. In a kingdom, authority is only passed down through bloodlines, and you've been born again of incorruptible seed. You've been grafted in. You've been adopted into the royal family. Amen? Amen. So you have a legal, uh, you have legal right. You have authority, and you have the power of God. So you have the authority and the power of heaven behind everything you do when we do these things according to, uh, to how the Lord wants them done. Amen? Right. And the world needs to see the supernatural power of God. I just declare right here that there'll be people healed of cancer right here around this altar. I just declare that's what happens when the dam breaks. Amen? I just claim that there'll be people who are hopelessly uh, bound up in drug addiction, pornography, and those things come here to get set free. I speak that in this house. God wants to do that in this house. So he's given us his word to lead us into an encounter with him. It was a challenge even in Jesus' day with the religious people. Jesus said it to the Pharisees this way. He said, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But he said, you're not willing to come to me. See, from God's standpoint, it's always been intended to be relational between him and us. He gave us the written word so we would have a 100%, it's a better than 100% guarantee if that's possible, so we'd have a 100% dependable undestroyable, indestructible document to guide us, to show us God's ways. He did it so we won't get in the ditch, so we won't be off track, so we won't veer into heresy and untruths and things like that. He gave us his word so we, the church, will be the force on the planet that we're supposed to be. I believe, you know, as things in the, you watch CNN or any of the network news is in It's just a reminder how bad things are getting in the world. But I believe in that time that the church, especially churches like this, where the message is correct and the heart's correct, this is the finest hour for churches like Cowboy Junction. Your best days are in front of you, and they're they're not just better days. They're big, big days. Amen? That's what's in store for you. So we'd be relevant. relevant. He gave us the written word. Another reason to remind us. There's a lot of reasons. I didn't. It's not a conclusive list. He gave us the written word to remind us. And here's some things he wants to remind you of. Anybody going through a real challenge in life right now? Anybody? It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty common that people go through challenges in life. Just it's just life. Well, he wants to remind you, and I guess I'm get to be the one to remind you tonight that the Bible says, and God wanted this recorded that you. Who did you raise your hand? You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And it may not, whoever here raised their hand, you may not feel like you're conquering, but your nature is to be a conqueror in Jesus' name. 
your nature. It's you're, you don't just win here and there. You're a conqueror. You're more than one, which says, I don't know what all that means, but it means I win, I win a lot, and I win decisively. Amen? Yeah. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Yeah, here's another one good for you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Ah, here's a good one. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Here's another one. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You have, just a reminder for you, you have, you have the mind of Christ. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have access to the mind of Jesus. He's given us all things. Say all things. He's given, oh, let's do it this way. He has given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything that you have to, uh, to make it through life and succeed in every situation has already been given to you, and you attain those things by faith. They're yours already. <clears throat> so I could go on and on and on. And here's a little quote for you. You can learn a lot about God by reading the Bible, but you can only know him by giving him access to your life and interacting with him. Amen? So that November the 17th, 1984, when I prayed that prayer, I didn't even go to church for another year, but I was in such a messed up place in my life. I didn't get back with my wife for another four or five or six months. We've now been, we've now been married 42 years. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that. But I didn't know. See, I, didn't, I hadn't been to church. I didn't know anything about walking by faith. I didn't know what the word meant, really. I knew nothing about walking by faith. I didn't even know that a relationship with God was anything you should or could do. But just out of desperation, I put my trust in the Lord, and it turned out to be the best thing. What I thought was the worst time in my life turned out to be the best time in my life. And I can remember before the sun came up, I was in the horse business, uh, raising, training, cutting horses, and I would go out to my barn before daylight because I couldn't sleep. I'd wake up and just depression and every, all the stuff would hit me. And I'd go out in the barn on my knees watching the sun come up in the east, crying, begging God to help me make it through a day. And he did. And I'd do, I'd do that. I did it for weeks, months at a time. And I didn't know. But what happened was, I was there was a relationship building between, that I didn't even know you should have between me and the Lord. Amen. He, he's good at what he does. Amen. All you got to do is just lean in just a little bit. So it's what we should do is taste and see that the Lord is good. We got to... And it worries me that most people in the church today, and I, don't, I think that's a fair, I doubt if it's true here, but most people in the church today are waiting for someone else to tell them what God is saying to them. So my goal is for you to grasp onto the fact that he's called you to be a son or a daughter to him, and for you, he'd rather talk to you about you than he had rather talk to anybody else about you. And knowing my life, I'd rather him talk to me about my stuff too, amen? Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's talk about the importance of hearing God. So that's, one, that's, one of the, that's the reason, some of the reasons that he, that he gave us the written word. The importance of hearing God. Imagine the advantages you'd have. Oh, let me ask you this going in. Think about something right now that you really need to hear the Lord about. And I'm not going to take but a second to do it, but when you know something you really want to hear the Lord about, put your hand up. Uh, I would, whoever, I would ask, I would put my hand up and ask something. So think about the thing and, and, and think about that for a minute because we're going to, I want to ask the Lord to speak to you about that in a little bit. If you had, if you could hear the Lord, you'd have an extreme advantage. You'd know what decisions to make. You'd know how to proceed in your life's journey. You'd know what to expect in every situation. You'd know what to embrace, what to avoid. You'd know how to handle difficult situations and people if that were to ever arise if you know what I mean, yeah. Uh, John 16 and 13 is one of my favorite ones. It said, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he, the, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come, things in front of you, uh, doors that are going to open for you or close, uh, things for you to avoid, things for you to embrace. If you'll lean into that and grasp that as truth, the Spirit of God who lives in you, it's the only, he's the only God on the planet right now, amen? The Holy Spirit is. He can show you everything that you need to know. And I tell people this, you are, you are on a need-to-know basis with the Lord. 
everything that you need to know in precise timing, God will and wants to tell you. You say, how do you know that? Because I'm a dad, and he's a better father than I am. That's who, that's the essence of who God is. Fathers don't want to keep their kids in suspense. Fathers want to talk to their kids. Fathers want to communicate and help Dads, every dad in this place wants their kids to outdo them. Am I telling the truth? You want your kids to do better than you did. That's not a logical thing. That's, a, that's part of the nature. You're created in his image. That's part of the nature of God. <clears throat> Nothing that happens in life would blindside you. You'd have that kind of advantage. So the list could go on and on. But the bottom line is you have an extreme advantage. So let's establish the fact, the reality that God wants to speak to you. You you don't have to turn there, but write these verses down. John chapter 10, verse 11 through 18, and same chapter, 25 through 30. Jesus said this. I'll sum it up by saying, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. I know them, and they follow me. God created man, at least for one reason, in the first place, so that he could have someone to fellowship with so that he could have someone to reveal himself to, so that he would have someone to give uh, 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 of everything that he has, not just of possessions and those kind of things that we immediately think of. The prize you get with God is not the stuff, but the prize is him. The the stuff that he gives is everything on top of that. Amen? Yeah, so uh, he... And I think there's a, a kind of a little giveaway. It's my opinion. I've never heard anybody say this before. You don't have to agree. But I think there's a little bit of insight into the makeup of God in the first few chapters of the Bible when God, the Bible starts off in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the earth. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God said, it's good. Six times in that first chapter, God spoke something into being, and every time he said, it's good. At the end of the chapter, it said God looked at everything he had done, spoke into being, And he said, it's very good. The next chapter over, come to the first place where God said, it's not good. He he created man in that first chapter. So in the second chapter, he said, it's not good. You remember what he said? Anybody remember? It's not good that man should be alone. You know, God is all sufficient. I don't think he needs anything. I think he wants, in fact, I know that he wants you. And he wants to give to you. God doesn't have love. He is love. Amen? And love is a giving thing. Real love doesn't give with a hook to get something back. Real love just gives. Real love doesn't require anything back. Amen? I'm working on that one myself. So he's a father. He wants to communicate with us. It's not good that man should be alone. God delights in the possibility of you and him interacting together. You and him talking like him and Adam did. When Adam and God just walked in the cool, walked together in the cool of the day, amen? That's how he wants it with you. So let's decide, and I think you have to make a decision. Let's decide that God, because he's a father, because he is love, that he wants to talk to you, uh, even outside what the Bible says. Now, I'll, there are some guidelines to look at. I mean, just it, that sounds a little sketchy if, if you've never heard it before, but, but he wants to speak to you. Say amen. amen. He wants to speak to you. Oh, here's another little thing. God is perfect. His love is perfect. But his love is not perfected until you choose to love him back. God's love is perfect, but it's not perfected until you choose to love him back. He could make you do it. You look at the Old Testament expression of God. He speaks and the cedars break. By God's voice, the tides ebb and flow. No weapons can stand against God. He has the means to reveal himself to you in such a way to scare you bad enough that you would make a decision of some kind, but it's not his nature. You know why? Because that's not what fathers do. He's love, and that's not... I'm, I'm just totally against... People, evangelists, whoever, trying to scare people with hell so they'll make a decision about heaven. I don't see Jesus doing that. I ain't going to do it. And uh, it's sad that we use hell to try to scare. Listen, I think it's that um, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. When I tell people, listen, if uh, I would get on board as quick as possible. If I had my life to live over, 
I bet a lot of you got this testament. If I had my life to live over, I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't have waited 31 years till, till I was at the end of the rope in my life. I would have come to the Lord at the first opportunity because I found out that God is faithful even when I'm not. He's faithful in every situation. He's never done anything except the best for me. And he's, he'll do the best for you. Getting all worked up over that. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's a couple of questions. Let's talk about the importance of hearing his voice. Is it a priority for you? You don't have to answer me, but answer it for you. Is it a priority for you? Is it a prior, have you made it a priority? And that's my goal tonight is that you would make it a priority, that you would make this a priority, and there's a little book that will help, that you make this a priority, be a student of the Word of God, and make it a priority to hear the Lord, knowing what advantages now there, there are to hearing His voice. Um, or have you made it a priority to hear Him? And I made these little notes, sideline, I made them this afternoon. Or are you just waiting for it to happen? Are you just waiting for God to tell you something? Or are you going to God and say, God, what are you saying? Because when you raise your hand a while ago, you need to hear him on something. I would go to him and say, God, please speak to me. Show me something. Give me something in this situation. He'll do that. Sometimes you have not because you ask not. Here are some of the ways that God speaks. Now, People get, uh, a lot of times when I say, here's what the Lord said to me, people will think, well, you know, God doesn't talk to me like that. But uh, he, he, he wants to talk to everybody. I've never heard the audible voice of God. And I asked it in uh, three services yesterday, and I'll ask it in this service. How many of you believe that you've actually heard the audible voice of God? See, there's always people. There was three or four, five, six, seven people. And I totally believe that. See, he, he can do that. He, he did it a lot in the book. But it's not the only way that he speaks, amen? So when I say God speaks, sometimes you have to qualify that because he speaks in so many different ways. Here are some of the ways that he speaks. Audibly, we just said, he speaks through his written word. That's another reason why in the, about the second or third, maybe the second chapter in that book is you have a helper. Uh, if you just read the, the, the Bible without the help of the Holy Spirit, you can get a lot of knowledge, but you can't get the anointing and the power and all those kind of things without the help of the Holy Spirit. And he's your helper. In fact, his name, the Greek word paraclete, means one called alongside to help, to help God, to help you be like him because he's conforming you into the image of Jesus, right? And to help you understand the things of God. Amen? Yeah. You're doing real good. We're going to get through by 9.30 or 10. <laughs> he speaks through dreams and visions. Here's a dream. Uh, well, I don't know whether to call this a dream or a vision. Me and Judy were in bed. Um, it was in 1999, and she was asleep. I was in that zone between halfway awake and halfway asleep, and I felt like the Lord said, Andy, someone's going to give the church a million dollars. Well, I got my attention, and I immediately did what we just do. I thought, well, that's, that was just me there, and... I felt like the Lord said, I know it, the Lord said it now, but I felt like the Lord said, you better speak it out and give it life. So I woke Julie up. She, she remembers this, barely. I woke her up. Julie, somebody's going to give the church a million dollars. Good. She's going back to sleep. <laughs> so we started doing then what I say you should do every time you think you hear the Lord is, uh, and really when God speaks, most of the time you have the, that mindset, I think that's the Lord. Most of the time, you'll never know if it's really him. Sometimes you will. Most of the times, you'll never know it's really him until you take a step of faith into that and toward that. With, all things are possible through faith. Amen? With faith, it's impossible to please God. So we started to do what I, what I say to our people when they think they hear God. Say it and pray it. Lord, you said. I would just, I'm, he don't need reminded of it, but it, it was... It, so when, I, when he first told me, I had... Let's just use this example... I had ankle-deep faith that somebody's going to give... I mean, nobody gives anybody a million dollars, right? So I, I had ankle-deep faith, but after a few years, my faith level had grown, and my faith level had grown and grown and grown. And uh, nine or 10 or 11 years later, after we'd been saying it and praying it, uh, in 2009, when the economy, oil field kind of flatlined in western Oklahoma, the economy dropped off. I got a call in the middle of the day from a guy, a good friend... But he didn't even go to church with us. He calls us in the middle of the day. Can I come by and visit with you? He comes by. 
pull, we go in my office, sit around a little round table, me and him and Buddy, my administrative pastor. A tear comes, rolls down his face. He reaches in his pocket and hands me a check for a million dollars. See, and I think that I'm saying this as an example. I think I could have aborted that if I hadn't spoke that out and gave it life. And it was something that I didn't have much faith for at the start. So there's things, I'm saying that to say, there are things that God has said to you that you might have just blown off. And so I'm asking God right now, I didn't even plan this, I'm asking God right now to remind you of things that he said to you that somehow you argued yourself out of. So Lord, you remind him of those things, either now or later, but soon. In Jesus' name. Amen? Through signs and wonders, Ty told a story yesterday Reminded me of a story. I wanted to tell it yesterday, but church was over. We uh, felt like the Lord told us to pray through the courthouse in Sayre, Oklahoma. And so we went uh, and talked to uh, the city officials. We knew it was going to be an automatic no. They said, no, we'll, we'll give you the keys after hours. I mean, who does that? So we went to the courthouse. We took a team of people. I think there was about 15 or 16 of us. We prayed over every square inch of that courthouse, judges, chambers, tax assessor's office, court clerk, county clerk. We prayed over every square in bathrooms. I let other people do that part. But <laughs> we prayed over that whole thing. And when we, when we finished up and walked outside, there was a perfect cross, vapor trails. It's interesting how this was, too. You, I've got pictures of it. I think I still have them. Over the uh, 4th Street in Sayre goes north and south, and it's old Highway 66, and Highway uh, 152 goes east and west through Sayre. But right over Main Street, where 152 and Highway 66, there was a perfect cross, vapor trails, but the vapor trails didn't go out any further. It was just the cross. That's all there was. It was a perfect cross right over that. So he gives signs like that in through, uh, through the elements and through things like that. Uh, he gives uh, through signs and wonders. He gives... he. Speaks through prophecy, a prophetic word while ago, is, is what, just one of the ways, of words of wisdom, words of knowledge, through tongues, the Bible says even, through the elements, through nature, birds, animals, and fish. I told this story in every service, show tithe in the, Heather the video last night. I go to my mom's house, she's 85, have coffee with her at least three or four times every week, she just lives a few blocks north of me. I go through, right through her garage, I have her garage door opener. I open the garage door, walk right into her living room, we have coffee. I got ready to leave one morning, and I noticed that a dove had flown in the garage and was landing on, had landed on top of her car, which I thought was a little bit odd because doves are real flighty. So I said, Mom, come look, there's a dove on your car. So I said, I'm going to take a picture through the glass door there. I'm going to take a picture because I know when I open the door, the dove's going to fly. So I opened the door, I took the picture, opened the door, the dove didn't fly. I walked like the doves here where this mic stand is, I walked like this. I knew the dove was going to fly. The dove didn't fly, so I took a picture. I got another one. I got up here and took a, another picture. I did a selfie of me and the dove. <laughs> I said, uh, I'm not a very good selfie taker, and I take pride in that. I worry about people that take a lot of selfies, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I have a video, and I'll send it to you. I have a video of me petting. Am I telling the truth? I have a video of me petting the dove. See, now I don't know all that God is saying in that, but there's something that there's ways that God, that's, that's just not what I'm saying. He speaks to us in all kind of ways. Amen. <clears throat> there was a lady yesterday in church, second service, who came to me and bought a book and she said that uh, your story about the dove, she said she was a nurse and she lost a young patient. She was asking the Lord that she needed some help for the Lord to help her through the situation. And she said, and she showed me this picture of this dove She's praying, and this dove flies in and lands on top of her head. She's got, she had the picture of it. So he does stuff like that, amen? He's got all kinds of ways that he can speak to you. And a lot of time, I think most of the time, he speaks to you in unique ways. He may speak to your wife totally different than he speaks to you, but he knows you better than you know yourself. He speaks to you through sounds, colors, numbers, through life events, and my favorite is that still, small voice, that little thing that you just think you heard in your spirit. But when you step into it, God confirms and shows. So we're getting down to it now. I'm asking you this question. You have to decide for you, not me. Do you believe that you're supposed to hear the Lord? 
Or have you bought into the mindset? And I ask these questions only so that you can repent of those. And the way I say, let's cut the root out of that thing so it doesn't affect you anymore. Have you bought into the mindset that a lot of people have bought into that God doesn't speak anymore? Or that God only speaks to a select few? Some people think he talks to other people, but not them. Some people think they're not spiritually on their toes enough that God would speak to them. It's not true. A lot of people believe that God's mad at them and won't talk to them. If you don't believe you're supposed to hear God, you probably won't. And I think this is one of the keys. The lack of consistent relationship and fellowship with the Lord can keep us from hearing God like we could hear him if we were stayed in constant fellowship with him it's again it's not i'm not saying that to scare you and i'm not saying it for condemnation i'm saying for that fomo thing fear of missing out amen so for me i missed out on 30 years of this life i'm determined not to miss out on anything else amen god's not looking see god will tell you stuff i didn't plan this god will tell you stuff that's completely off the map for you. And when he does that, he gives you the faith and the grace to walk that out. I wrote in the first Bible that I had, it was a, back in 1984 when Julie came back and when our lives kind of started turning around. I wrote down in the cover of that Bible, uh, God, I want everything you have for me, no matter what it costs. Well, I found out the next day, the next day, the ranch that we were going to be on our, the rest of our life, we, uh, we leased the ranch. We didn't own it. We had to run it like we did own it. But the ranch that we knew we were going to be on the rest of our lives, we were going to raise our kids and grandkids on, was going to sell. So immediately, I mean, God's serious. That's a dangerous prayer. God, I want everything you have for me, no matter what it costs. But really, those dangerous prayers are the only real safe ones there are. Amen? So, uh, so anyway, so... I learned then to start hearing. So I wrote down in that Bible, I wrote that down in the Bible, and, and I felt like the Lord, and I know it's the Lord now, what the Lord said to me. He said, Andy, if you will do what I ask you to do, I'm going to ask you to do stuff nobody else will do. If you'll commit to do what God wants you to do, he'll tell you to do stuff nobody else will do. He'll give you the faith to do it. Oh, and he'll show you stuff that nobody else will get to see. Or the world will get to see. Amen. He'll use you in extreme ways. It's a matter of just believing what's written and the balance of hearing his voice too. About done. Here's one of the guidelines. There's a lot more. I wish I had time to teach my whole thing on hearing the Lord. God will not say, say anything to you that's inconsistent or contradictory to what is written. He can't even do that. For instance, I was thinking about this driving down. I had a friend one time. I asked him, I said, what's the Lord telling you? He just told me I'm stupid. And I said, no, he didn't. He said, what do you mean? I said, I, I said, because I said, I, I, in fact, I would tell the guy he was stupid because if he knew, yeah. I said, you, and I told him, I said, well, you do stupid stuff. But I can tell you this, you didn't hear God tell you you were stupid. You know why? Fathers, and he's the best one, fathers never tell their kids they're stupid. I said, that ain't, that ain't God. He won't say anything to you that's inconsistent with the word. It's important. That's, again, that's, here's bringing that balance. So it's important for you to know what the word says. And here's a question. You know, there's a Bible principle. It's a law, really. It's a law like gravity, only it'll work when gravity doesn't work anymore. There's a law, a biblical law that says, whoever's faithful in a little, God will bless with more. If you're faithful where you are, God will bless you and promote you to wherever he wants to promote you to. Amen? If you're faithful, where you, if you're faithful in a little, God will bless, bless, bless you with more. So here's a question. What are you doing or what are you going to do with what you hear? So hearing him is just the first part. The second part is what do I do? What do I do with what I hear? And I said it a minute ago that when you hear something from God, 
immediately when God says something to you, there's grace for you to walk that out. And God doesn't push you into situations, but he puts things before you that you can't do all the time. He puts things before you that you can't do, but you can do all things through Christ though, right? So God doesn't push, but everything he says to you is pulling you into faith. It's pulling you into a deeper place with him. He's a puller. He's not a pusher. Amen? He's pulling you into faith with the things that he says. So what are you going to do with what you hear? Uh, one of my favorite, probably my favorite author right now is a guy by the name of Dallas Willard. You ought to write that name down and read anything you can get of his. In his book, and I highly recommend this one, Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship with God is the name of it. He says, We can get by in life with a God who doesn't speak. Many at least think they do, but it's not much of a life, and it's certainly not the life God intends for us or the abundance of life that Jesus Christ came to make available. Last thing. Your life, talking to you, mine too, will only be as full and successful to the extent that we're willing to make hearing God a priority. Are you, tonight, this is the invitation, are you willing to make hearing God a priority? Let's stand up then. And let's do it like we did in the other services, Ty. Everybody grab hands, grab hands across the aisle. We do it like an electric circuit. Like, uh, I'm going to touch, yeah, I'm going to touch, uh, I'm going to touch somebody. And, it's, and I want to just impart it throughout the whole. I'm not the world champion at this. I just know it's important. Amen? And so what we're doing is we're agreeing and we're having an impartation that we'll, we'll have a deeper love for the written word of God and that perfect balance of, of hearing his voice and all that. Amen? So I'm going to touch Jeff. It's going to go throughout the whole house. Amen? And those things that you uh, raise your hand that I need to hear God on, I would press in on those things. He might give you a quick answer. He might show you a dove or something just to know. I see doves all the time now. I see vapor trail crosses all the time now. And most of the time, some of the times, I don't get any specific message out of that, but just the idea that God says, I'm right here. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still watching over everything you're doing. Amen? So, Lord, let us hear your voice. Let us have that love for your written word, a deep, deep love for your written word, and a zeal to hear your voice in Jesus' name. So I just touched you up. So, Father, we just pray that it's spread throughout the whole house. People right now would have a deeper love for your written word tonight and the days ahead. It would even amaze them how much they want to read their Bible. Lord, I pray that when they read it, it will come alive. So, Holy Spirit, thank you for helping them in that in Jesus' name. Help, help everyone that we're touching tonight and that's watching this podcast to be learners, to be growers, God, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I pray that we'll be able to hear your voice. We'd be able to, we'll learn to move out the distractions and we'd make it a priority to hear your voice in the things that are important to us and the things that are important to you. And we love you for it. Thank you ahead of time for all the miraculous stuff that's going to happen because of these commitments. In Jesus' name, and everybody said Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wasn't that great? Okay, you sit down, sit down, sit down. We're done. We're done. But uh, um, you got something special tonight. Um, we didn't do what we did tonight in any of the other services. Um, we cut a song out to make time for him to speak and nobody else got the message that you got tonight because um, we, we, he wanted to share that word with, with other services and prime them and get them ready and, and talk about the dam that's about to break. But what comes out of that dam has a lot to do with the buckets of prayer that you pour in and, and what are we going to do as a church? And it's not all your pastors. It's, it's got to be us. It's got to be us. It's got to be us. Um, it's got me stewing all day. How can we stir that flame inside of us that it's not just our pastors praying, but it's all of us praying and keep pouring those buckets of, of prayer. And then when that dam breaks and the, 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 the dryness leaves this community because of the flood that takes place, we're all a part of it. It's all, all a part of it. Um, 
it was Charlie Kingsbury that him and I were, I can't remember where we were. And, and we were praying about what we were doing, what was going on. And he goes, look up there. And I looked up and I mean, tell, how many times have you seen a vapor trail that came from a jet in the sky? How many times have you ever seen one crisscross? I, I've never seen it in my lifetime. I've never seen it. And Charlie goes, look right there. And I looked up and I thought, it's a cross. And he goes, A.T. says that, that we got to pay attention to stuff like that because you'll be walking throughout your day and you'll see a vapor trail and you'll see another vapor trail. And it's no big deal. And then all of a sudden you'll be somewhere wondering, are you here, God? Are you here? Are you here? And, and Tony and I looked up and there was this Christian. I think it was like a Fellowship of Christian Cowboy Rodeo Bible Camp and the kids were hard-headed and stubborn. And the Bible says they're not but they were. And um, we were believing that God did something in our life. And we just looked up and there was this vapor trail, this cross. And I just thought, oh, I receive it. And I went back with a whole new attitude, a whole new freshness, a whole new fire inside of me. And, and it's it, God's speaking. God's speaking to you right now. And one thing, one more thing before we go. A minute ago, you got to get better at this. When he turned and said, is there anybody in the room that, that you need God to speak something into a certain area of your life. It may be debt you're in. It may be a, a, a choice you have to make. It may be something that you've given up on and you're wondering if it, you should come back to life and trust God on it again. We need to get more faith and we need, to, we need to be quick on the draw. That's a great way of putting it. We need to be quick on the draw to be able to say, this is where I, I need God to speak to me. So if somebody ever came and said, do you, do you have an area that you want God to speak to your life? And you, you shoot your hand up. Heather and I shot our hand up instantly because that's the kind of attention that we need to bring to wanting God to speak into our life through his word, through his voice, about what he's done and about what he's doing in our life. I just thought that was about the most perfect message to wrap up this service with. So if you would, let's stand to our feet. Uh, Cowboy Junction, our prayer team is here for you. And they'd love to pray for you in anything that you believe God uh, needs to do something in your life. Maybe he's speaking to you right now. Maybe while you were there, you thought, you know, I haven't prayed about this as much as I should have. And these folks over here, they have been praying about praying for you. And you're going to miss out on a golden opportunity for faith to be united with their faith. So don't just walk out if there's something that we need to believe God for. They'd love to pray for you. Uh, next week starts a brand new thing at Cowboy Junction. It'll be really cool. Uh, so with that, Cowboy Junction, it's time for us to love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. If you're exiting out, you'll see the table set up, and you can get one of Andy's books. And if you already got one, it may not be a bad idea for you to purchase one for some folks that you know that really are kind of struggling with hearing the voice of God in their life and, and reading their Bible for all, their, all it's worth. This could be a real seed sown into somebody's life. So uh, with that, it, uh, see you guys next week. Be blessed. You guys are awesome. Bye. <laughs>